Welcome everyone to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we focus on the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game. The only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of all the people at the table. I'm one of your hosts, DM Chris. And I'm DM Mitch. And we want to welcome you back to another edition of the Dungeon Master's Block. We took a little bit of a break for Thanksgiving. Mitch, how was your Thanksgiving? It was great. How was yours? It was good. We actually got together and had a little bit of fun on the uh, <laughs> the, Chris, or the Thanksgiving remix day that we do. And it was, it was just a really good time. It was good to have a break. But now we are ready to get back at it and bring you some more content. Yeah, yeah. Chris, you made for the Thanksgiving remix, we had what, like food that like we took from our Thanksgiving meals and yeah. redid them and you yep. did what? I did Jack and the Beanstalk green bean casserole. <laughs> and I made like, I had green bean casserole in a, in a pan or a dish or whatever. I put some uh, wooden dowels together. I made like a floating fortress out of foam, like foam board that you can get at the dollar store, painted it gray and... Uh, had a little Lego guy climbing up the the <laughs> wall. It looked like a and it had like tissue paper on the bottom for for clouds. Yeah. So it was kind of fun. Yeah. It was cool. And I made shake and bake the it bacon was, milkshake. It tasted great, but you put seasoning. There's steak yeah. seasoning salt on the top. And it, it was it was awful. bacon seasoning. And I was like, oh, that'll be like a little like I put the whipped cream on and a little bit of that. Oh, I was the worst. I just took that off the top and I'll like, just eat it without that. Yeah, it's you came downstairs. You're like disclaimer. It smells awful, but it tastes way better than it smells. I just. I couldn't get the smell like out of my nose and I was trying to drink it and so I was like, no. I always I make, try to make something that's either going to be disgusting or amazing. And you and do. Last time it was disgusting, this time it was pretty amazing, it smelled awful, but hey, it was great. Yeah, at least it wasn't your crazy concoction pie that you <laughs> yeah, had last time. what did but, I put in? Uh, it yeah. was basically everything Thanksgiving yeah. pie that had candy corn, uh, bacon, caramel, it was apple. Awful. It was. It doesn't disgusting. matter what was in it. It was awful. It was, so <laughs> it was awful. But speaking of creation and stuff like that, we have uh, another episode. This one is dedicated all to creation, uh, and and we are excited to bring you another one of our top tens. Uh, we've each yep. come up with top tens again. We haven't shared them with each other. Nope. Uh, and I'm I'm really excited for that part of yeah, the story. Yeah, second creation yeah. inspiration. Yeah. And be so good. before we get into that, before we jump into that. We have some shout-outs to do, Mitch. We've gotten a lot of uh, reviews on iTunes. Since last time we were here, we're up to 29 now, all five-star reviews, yeah. so we thank you all for that. And, and Mitch, would you start us off with By the first... time that they hear it, we're going to be up to, like, 50, right? I think 100. Hint, but... hint. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Go ahead. Who do you got um, All right, so uh, the first five-star review we have, it's entitled Love This Podcast! Exclamation point, And it's by Robin Snow, the Yeti Killer. Now, this is one of our best friends who has moved out to Washington. So we appreciate um, our friends even. like Oh, it is? Telling, I didn't yeah, know that was is. him. Yep, it is. Uh, so it's uh, our buddy Mark who lives in Washington. And he says, Having mostly played as a playable character and DMing once, I love this podcast. It's great inspiration for me to give DMing another go. Not only that, but it gives me, the player, more respect for the DM. You really get an awesome perspective on how much work the DM puts into creating a place for people to explore and how much creativity goes into it. So big thanks to all the DMs out there who work so hard on kick-butt campaigns. And of course, to my favorite DM, Dungeon Master Mitch. Thanks, Mark. Uh, you guys rock. So that is from Robin Snow, the Yeti Killer. Yeah, and I have one from Stephen Rutledge. This is not one of our friends. I have no idea who this guy is. <laughs> Uh, but we thank you, Stephen. Uh, keep listening. If you ever want to email or, or tweet at us, we would love to have a conversation with you. It's entitled A Natural 20. It's a five-star review. It says, Fantastic content. This show creates multiple sparks of creativity and helps with games and plot lines. 
Can't wait to hear more on your Magic the Gathering series or how setting up an army of food mages went. Keep on DMing, my friends. Your show is truly a deck of many things. Dude, you're like, your food mage has gotten like a ton of love since I was, the last uh, episode. I was going to use the food mage in the last dungeon crawl we did, Were but you? then... But then I realized that it would have been completely out of place in that dungeon crawl. Yeah, so. but we'll, we'll share some about <laughs> Mitch's dungeon crawl and story time. But yeah, it, it would have been a little yeah. out of place. Yeah. With that, let's, let's go to story time. Let's do it. Story time. The time during the episode where we talk about what happened last week during our campaigns, our favorite moments, what we learned about ourselves, and what we learned about each other. Please join us now as we enjoy story time okay Chris so for story time why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what happened over your last campaign we played it the day after Thanksgiving so you had, oh yeah it was the day after Thanksgiving you had uh-huh. something a little special in mind yeah yeah we uh, we created it was kind of like a one-off type campaign it didn't really have a lot to do with the overall story of my campaign because I think we had some people. We had two people missing, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, you think. did. You made it not incredibly important to the storyline because we knew people right, were going right. to be missing. We had your brother was also in town, mm-hmm. so I wanted to do something fun yep. where I didn't have to explain the whole story that had gone on before because that would take a lot of time, and I didn't want to miss like have somebody miss out on an opportunity because they weren't here for it. Um, so you guys were in the same city we left off with, um, and you guys were invited to a Thanksgiving for people who didn't have a place to stay over the quote-unquote holiday Thanksgiving in the country that you're in. And this was put on by these two guys, these two brothers up up outside of the city. They invited only people who didn't have places to stay for a specific reason. You were all to be, essentially, you were going to be sacrificed so that they could live forever. Uh, They were going to sacrifice you to the evil lord Nyax in my world. Uh, so that you guys could live forever, and you you experienced this, like one of your buddies was kidnapped, brought down into the dungeon, you had to end up defeating these two brothers, they were they were these crazy looking things that had some pretty cool effects that I kind of created for them specifically, and out of the whole ordeal, you guys ended up inheriting this mansion afterwards, like they were the only two left out of that whole family that had any way of owning that building, like they you went back into the city and were like, hey, does anybody own this building like what are you going to do with it i mean is it just going to sit there is it going to get destroyed and you guys came to the the point in time where you just the guy was like well you can have it if you take care of it and pay for everything that goes on with it and you guys did what with it my character kind of i like i think you said that that was kind of what you were planning on that's what i was hoping but i had no idea that that was what you were planning on and when i realized that this mansion had no owners like, before you even, like, went in that direction, I was like, I want this mansion. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so, I kind of was like, I went to the mayor, and I was like, listen, like, we saved this place. You can repay us with the mansion. Right. And you're like, oh, like, I gotta check out if there's any family. And thankfully, there wasn't. But I decided um, that I wanted it to be, I wanted to run a, a like, tavern, a, like, a brewery, because my guy is, I played Korob, the, the wizard barbarian, and he's all about drinking ale yeah. and kicking him yeah. back and he can handle his uh his drink but then he also worships both Cord and Bokob but he's worships Bokob a little bit or not Bokob Cord a little bit more so he right. tur- we turned the downstairs we're turning the downstairs into a temple to Cord uh gave it to the church for free 
And I was like, this is a great business move. Like, we're going to have a right. brewery right up, up above a Temple Decord. Like, we had right. so much business, yeah. like, and so many people traveling here. So, what was, uh, um, what was the name of the brewery? Well, my brother played a gnome um, character called Ten- Tenno. Yeah, Tenno. Tenno Bumblebottom. He, yeah. But like, he asked me, like, he's like, what's a good gnome name? And I'm just like, I'm thinking uh, something stupid. I'm like, Bumblebottom. <laughs> He's like, all right, my name all is right. Tenno Bumblebottom. Yeah. So now our place is, uh, it's a Bumblebottom Bedded Brewery. <laughs> yeah. And then in like parentheses. And then, yeah, and then underneath in smaller letters. Also, and Temple Decord. Also Temple Decord, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was that was really fun for me. It was just, a, it was a fun one-off experience that you guys ended up getting something out of it, but mm-hmm. it's like, you know, the people that missed it are going to come back. Yes, they will have missed out on a fun event, but it's not something other than other than getting introduced to one of the evil gods of of the world that I I have created. There wasn't a whole lot to the main overall yeah. story that they missed out on, you know. So, why don't you share a little bit about what happened in your campaign? I had a lot of fun in yours, by the way. <laughs> so, like you said, my brother was in town. So, whenever either my brother or uh, one of my friends from New York, where I grew up, come to visit, they don't really play too much D anD. d um, ever since I, I moved up here because I was their DM. Right. Um, so whenever they come up here to visit, like I'm like, all right, guys, we got to play a lot of D&D. Like, give them their fix. Like, Because you know they coming. want to, but yeah. they just don't have a way to. Back oh, then. yeah. And uh, so I decided that, like you said, oh, I'm going to DM once, and I was like, cool. And then I decided, all right, I'm going to do something different, not my regular campaign. But I also wanted to... I never really want to do a one-off campaign that has absolutely no value right um like your your quote-unquote one-off even though it was part of the campaign introduced us to like you said like new elements of your world right. so it was like it was like it had purpose behind it even though it was a fun night like right. and that there's nothing wrong with just having like a goofy fun night but even in a goofy fun night i want there to be like something behind it right and so i decided to do an evil campaign a dungeon crawl and uh, what you guys found out at the end of the night was that the characters that you created are characters who are going to go and try and kill your good characters in my campaign. Yeah, in your right normal now. campaign. Yeah. yeah. So they were like, they were. It was a dungeon crawl. There was a. It was a basically a test that the evil gods had made up to shoot the champion, and we. It was really. It was really fun. It was really goofy. It was way different than anything I've done before. When we started off, just discussing the what the campaign was going to be what the one-off was going to be i had a bunch of guys asking me like what what kind of character should i be and i was like well it's evil uh you're gonna be this level you're gonna have this much gold and but all you guys were very like oh like but what kind of character like it was really hard to like explain without giving the idea of the night away and i eventually just like you know there is gonna be for once we're gonna play a game where a dungeon crawl where there's actually kind of a winner right and so for once i would say like what were you thinking about a bard i was thinking like a, a bard that had gone insane yeah and that was just like i was gonna roll a dice i was just like he's gonna sing a song and it's gonna do something mm-hmm. to somebody just randomly and normally i would be like dude that's so awesome but i was like I was like, Chris, bards are mostly, like, a big part of a bard is that they boost up their allies. I'm like, this is really the only time I'll ever say this, but pick a selfish character. Well, I I had thought about afterwards, because you said it was something, that it was a competition, it was a dungeon call. I was like, I bet whoever makes it to the end is going to win. And I thought about still making the bard, but having it only (laughs) pump up the enemies to kill everybody else. (laughs) That would have been hilarious. (laughs) So I thought it probably wouldn't have worked out for you. No, it wouldn't have. Because I probably still would have ended up killed by it. 
I would have just been running the whole time, but yeah. But yeah, so I, I, I said, all right, like the, this is the only time and probably the last time I'll ever say it, but make yourself a selfish character. So it was your evil, and basically what we did was I I made it kind of a funny video game-like system where mm-hmm. every ki- for every kill you got, for every killing blow you got, for every feat you accomplished, you got, like, points. You also had, like, a number of lives, so, like, over each of your heads, like, each of you had one god. No two people could share the same god, so everybody had an evil god they worshipped, and over their heads, they had the symbol of each of their evil gods, like, three of them, so they had three lives, I and thought every time of, they died, they lost the immediately symbol. Immediately, I thought of when, we, when you said that, I was like, man, this is like Mario Kart 64, where they have the three <laughs> the balloons, balloons over yeah, the top of their head. They're popping. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it was very like video game esque, and so there was lives, there were points or kills and stuff. There was checkpoints. There were riddles that if you answer them right, there was points for that. And so at the end, like each of you had your points behind uh, a little uh, shield that you had, so nobody knew your points except for you. And so you guys got close to the end, and like I remember asking, like, who do you think's gonna win, Chris? Who do you think is gonna win, Caleb? And like each of you guys were like. I think it's this way, and you you were pretty close with at least knowing that Jacob, my brother, was last. Yeah, yeah. I said I always said I was like I think Caleb and I are in the yeah. lead. I don't know who is closest, and it came down to like the wire yeah. for both of us. It was, and I like, was like you guys Jared had all quite a lot of points. Yeah, but you and Caleb uh, were so close. Yeah. you ended up winning. So now your character, your evil character, was the one who became the champion of the evil gods. The other characters had their skin peeled off of them they became zombies who mindlessly follow you into combat and so i took all your guys character sheets and they'll be used against your other guys in the other campaign yeah we all got done and we're like dang that really sucks because we all spent time like making these characters like really good yeah buying sweet weapons and stuff too well thankfully mine is unarmed he's a monk so he doesn't have any sweet weapons (laughs) but it's like i kind of wish that there was there was one creature the rust monster that was in your dungeon i kind of wish that i wasn't the one that fought that one now I kind of wish everybody had gone up against yeah, the Yeah, that monster. happened, and, like, you're fighting it, and you had brass knuckles, and it ate the brass knuckles yeah. and disintegrated them. And I'm like, you know, as much as that sucks, Chris, like, you're the one person who should have had no problem fighting this thing because you're a monk. Like, anybody else fought this thing, it would have sucked. Their yeah. armor would have been gone. Their yeah. sword would have been gone. It and now sucked. I'm kind of like, man, I don't care about the points that I got. I mean, I do, because that's it, yeah. probably the monster that, like, would have helped me win. But it's also, I'm at the point now that it's like, I wish it would have eaten everybody else's stuff. That is that is funny to look back on, because you would not have won, probably, if it had not been for, like, one monster. Take yeah. one monster oh, yeah. out that you killed. Take one, yeah, because it was literally, I think I won by, like, 300 couple, points. Yeah, a couple hundred. Points. And I think the lowest amount that you had was like th- for an overall monster kill. I think was like three hundred points or yeah. something like that. The skeletons were worth a hundred. A hundred, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. so yeah, so yeah, it but it's a, like one blow, and those things are dead. It so. was a fun night. It was we've never done something like that before. It was uh, it was interesting and it was a good time. It was good. It was fun. That's yeah. not how I would want it done every time. Absolutely but, not. Yeah, no, it, it was, was just it was, it was a good one off competition. I know back in. Back in the olden days, like, when people would get together for cons and play old school D&D, like, it would be very competition-based. There would be, like, a winner. And, like, I'm always like, that's not what I want in D&D. However, it'd be fun to do something like that once. Yeah. So, now we've done it. I'll probably do it again sometime in the future, but not too often. Yeah. I'd like, we we both enjoy the story aspect of it, but, yeah, it was a good time. So, that's all we have for story time this week. Let's head to the meat. I'm starving. 
We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. Why can't we have some meat? What about them? They're fresh. They are not for eating. So for this time on the meet, uh, we're once again focusing on creation and inspiration. So we have our top tens, like you said, Chris. We haven't seen each other's. Uh, you were just during just the break cracking up about them. I'm excited. But before we go into our top tens, uh, we have a couple more tips for when you are creating your world and the story and the lore. Um, and when you're being inspired by other material, we have some tips for you to take into account when you do this. So tip number one, we've got six tips for you today. Tip number one, take notes, keep notes, and look at your notes. So what we mean by that is when you are uh, progressing your story, when something important comes up, take it down, take yep. a note down and keep those notes and always refer back to your notes after your session and keep them in a nice place like so that you can keep your game consistent we've talked about before how like sometimes the most memorable npcs are ones that are just made up at the table yeah. well you want to take notes on that npc to remember where they live what the tavern is that they work at or go to why exactly they're memorable what did they do in the campaign same thing about like stores like there's plenty of times that like i i'll map out my towns i know you do too mm -hmm. i'll i'll you know name the the really important places like i've always got at least one in yep like named for yep. each town i've got the smithy named but then there will be times where because dnd does this and players do this they get this crazy idea in their head and they want to go to hey where can i buy wigs around here so, right, right you know they want to find a wig yeah you're store. not gonna think that like hey i'm gonna make up yeah. a wig store yeah i don't have yeah. wig stores written yeah. down in and i it's funny saying that because i'm pretty sure that happened one time that one of my characters wanted Did to you go name wig it store. goldie's locks <laughs> no but that's a good that'd one. be awesome you can name it get wiggy with it but yeah like it's uh you know when you take things like that down like write those notes even if it's something as goofy as get wiggy with it is a wig store in the town of blah 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 yeah. because you don't know when that character might want to return and get another yeah. wig and it's nice if you're able to go even if you have to go hold on a second i gotta check my notes oh you mean you want to get a wig from get wiggy with it yeah, yeah <laughs> or yeah. go these locks like yeah yeah like, yeah a lot of times what i'll do with notes is i'll i'll have like a piece of paper with me because mm -hmm. sometimes like my computer can it just can take up a lot of scrap spot paper the table. is one of the most useful and cheap tools of a dm scrap yeah. paper or like cute note cards we always have notes. yeah and yeah. one thing that i do is i have like separate documents of like each city that we visited so like right now you guys are in the city of milner in my campaign mm -hmm. what i've done is i've taken everything that we did that last time that last campaign I took and it was just writing down notes like, hey, we met this NPC that I had to make up. Okay, he's still going to be in this city when you guys come back, if you come back at this time. And I have a separate document for each city that you guys have visited so far. 
with like each individual NPC or shop or whatever it is. And I just keep adding to that after each night of the campaign. And so that's how I have my notes set up, like taking notes, keeping notes, you know, and then, I, and then if you guys ever come back, I'll refer back to those. Yeah. You know? So that's, that's one thing that I do for it. I so. think that's a really important thing that if you're just starting DMing, um, if you've been DMing for a long time, like if you're not taking notes, you should, because it'll make your games better. Yeah. So number two is outline. Uh, don't novel. Yes. Because it'll take up a lot of time to try and novel something out. You can do it, but I guarantee you, you will have to go off of that novel script regardless. It's. I think it's one of the biggest and most damaging mistakes that a new DM and even some old DMs will make. I know I did it when I first started. You go into, oh, I'm, I'm creating a whole story. I have a whole night that I have to run, and then I have a night after that, a night after that, and we're gonna do this for a month, for a year, whatever it is, of this story. Like, I better get everything written down. Right. I better have every detail. What happens when you do that? Like, you find out that, oh, I, I spent so much time writing about this character, or this, this tavern, the lore behind this tavern, uh, the lore behind this castle, uh, whatever it is, this monster, and my players went up and killed them. <laughs> like, right. Or like, or they, didn't the even down. Yeah. they didn't care. Like, they moved on to the next town. Yeah. Like, and you will just get upset by the amount of effort you put in. Small notes and like outlines are the way it's to great. go. Yeah. It's, yeah. And then a lot of DMing is going to be flying by the seat of your pants and figuring out stuff when people, because there will be times when your players will ask those specific questions. Yeah. And, yeah, if you've written it all out, that might be nice. But honestly, in the long run, you're going to get burnt out as a DM if you novel out your stories. in a lot of time for stuff that might not even mm -hmm. be asked. But I think I think that outlining is really important. Oh, yeah. Every yeah. time I do a night, I, I ha I'd be like, all right, I got to figure out an outline. Where are we going to go? What are we going to do? What are the important things that are going to happen there? Or the important parts of that that I need? Like tonight we're playing. I have... About half a sheet of paper. Yeah. That's just an outline. But it outlines, and we might even not even get to all of it. Because it's like, it's you. if you do this, then you'll go here and you go here and you do this. And so, but it's it's an outline. Yeah. I could have spent hours noveling it out. It would be, I wouldn't be still DMing if that's something that I had to do every time as a DM. Or we'd be still back in the first campaign uh, that we've ever done because yeah, it just I, takes so long. I do that too. I have an outline. Mine's usually about a page or two. I, I don't novel everything out, but I think through like, okay, what are a couple of different options that might come out of it? So I've at least possibly thought about some of the stuff. Um, and I'm sure you do that just mentally, like while we're playing mm -hmm. or whatever. You're like, these are a bunch of different things that we could encounter. But I have a couple of different ones, at least just jotted down. I'm like, okay, this is something that might happen. I've thought through it. Okay, this is something that might happen at least thought down that road. Yeah, so that's that's a big thing that I think DMs should do and they should stay away from the whole taking down just tons and tons of information mm -hmm. on stuff that players, to be honest, might not care about. Yeah. You want to answer questions as they come, even if that means taking a second to go, let me figure this out because I want to give you a good answer. Right, right. Um, but get the important stuff down. Get the outline down. Yep. Um, another tip we have for you guys is when you're creating your story, the beginning and the end are what we would say is the most important. Mm -hmm. uh, the middle is going to be filled in as you guys progress. But when you when you say, all right, when you sit down, I'm going to do this campaign. Where is it going to start? Is going to be really huge. Yeah. Because that's the first, that's the first thing first you're going to do. do yeah. um, and that's where your characters are either going to first meet or 
meet up as already adventurers that have been together and you're going to have to spur them into this story. Um, and you also want to figure out to some degree where this campaign is going to end. What's going to be the end of this campaign. That's a little bit harder said than done if you're doing a sandbox campaign, right. but it's still doable. I think that, I think that most sandbox campaigns that I've always done have a big idea. You, you have free reign to go wherever you want, but there is a big overarching storyline and I think you got to figure out at least to some extent where you want that story to end. Because if you don't want to hit this point in your campaign where you're like, I don't know where we're going. I have no clue. I don't know what to do next. Right. Like the middle, like you can work out as you go and you can, you can tweak it and you can go, Hmm, I, I was thinking we'd do this, but we can change this. And like, if you get different ideas for the end as you go along, that's cool too. But have some kind of idea of the beginning Obviously, since right. you're beginning it out, right? But of also your end. Yep. I think the fourth one, and we would we would stress this: be inspired. Yep. But don't steal. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's very easy just to take a story and steal it. We've mm -hmm. seen it happen a couple of times yeah. uh, with with DM stuff. We've uh, um, we played in a campaign where it was very clear that one of our friends had DM'd a campaign, and it was very clear that he got inspired from a certain TV show. And the problem wasn't that he was inspired from the certain TV show. It was that we knew exactly what was going to happen right. in his campaign right. because we had all seen the TV show. I hadn't at the time. You hadn't. You hadn't at the time, which spoiled the TV show. Yeah. Because really yeah. I remember coming to the TV show. I was like, I know exactly, <laughs> exactly. what's going to happen yeah. here. And I remember texting you, and I was like, This is where he got it from, wasn't it? <laughs> and I was just so mad in that moment. I was like, I hate the fact that he ruined this for yeah. me. And and yeah, you have to be careful about that because. If players are sitting there going, you took this from this show, and we're all fans of this, and they and you haven't changed it, it's going to be the same thing. They're going to become bored, and there's no element of surprise. Like uh, you want to, you want to be inspired from something, but you don't want to just take from the story. And if you're going to do that, make sure at the very least that it's a story that's so out there that none of your players right. even know what it is. Like right. there are there are fantasy novels and and video games things like that out there that very few people know about it. and right. maybe you're a huge fan of like this really cryptic game that nobody really knows about and you're like you know none of my players have any clue about this nor will they ever maybe it's even something they don't even care about in real life to like go and look look and see wh what it's about so right. if that's if that's how you want to do it that's fine but our our general tip is be inspired yeah yeah <laughs> but don't just but don't steal don't it. just steal it yeah. um our next tip tip number 5 is don't be a static storyteller. And so what we mean by this is when you DM, try out different genres and different ways of telling stories. Try out a funny campaign. Try out a scary campaign. Try out some, sometimes mundane can be really interesting. I've wanted to, for the longest time, start you guys out as commoners without a class. Right. Level zero, zero characters that have to work their way up to level one. Uh, and you guys get like pitchforks and shovels and stuff to like, if you want to do battle, like <laughs> I really want to do that one day I will do that. But like mundane can be really interesting sometimes. Cause it's not something that you normally do. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. In a D and D campaign, what is like the classic backstory? Like to certain characters, I've slayed three dragons. I've killed giants. You're level one. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> but, but yeah, like the mundane can be really interesting. That being said. Uh, try out Epic as well. Try out some kind of crazy storylines that are ch just world-shattering and world-changing. Yep. Um, try out Small. 
stories that are not world shattering, right? Or just like a one a village gets attacked and you're you live in that village and the whole time it takes place in that village. Try out big. All you guys have been clamoring for a campaign where in my world we we sail quote unquote around the world or figure out whether yeah. the world is flat or round. Because you guys are not I have never told you guys if the world is flat or round. I know what it is, but like you guys, the US players are always like, I want to do a campaign where I, we sail quote unquote around the world so you guys can just figure out what it is. And I want to do that, and we will do that. I think that might be our next campaign. But, right. You know, you can try out funny, scary, mundane, epic, small, big, serious. Like, just try out a whole different slew of campaigns. Right. Um, even it, those could be in the same campaign. You could have one night that's funny as hell. Well, that was what I was going to say next. Is like, You've you done could, that. Like, yeah, in yeah. Your pre- I've, in your I've, campaign right now. Yeah, like, I've done a couple of nights where jumped was, around quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say, like, it started out, and it was like, really serious yep. for like the first like three or four nights and then i was kind of like i, di- I didn't say in these words i was yeah. a static storyteller but i was like i need to do something to lighten the mood in this a bit and then we did mm-hmm. worm wrangling yep. you know and so which was a really fun night yeah. that, was, that was a blast and then we went back to serious for a while and then we did kind of like a it was fun and then it was scary a little bit mm-hmm. like what the heck is going on like one of our characters got kidnapped at one point in time it was like you guys didn't know it was going to happen last time. Was it? So we, I've tried a lot of different things more within like the individual night than on a larger campaign scale. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's it's a fun idea to be not a static storyteller, but just a, a, some, a storyteller that's fluid and can do a bunch of different things. And you, I think when you do that, like you might, you're going to probably find stories that you're weak in. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're really bad at being funny and like your players like wow like you're not funny at all like stop trying to do a funny storyline maybe you're amazing at scary stories maybe you have that special gift and i think that it's a gift for people even more i think there's a lot more funny dms out there than there are dms that can actually scare people right like actually scare people at the table i'm not talking about like oh my character's gonna die but if you could actually weave like a tail like at a table a gaming table that's like scary to people like that's I think that's really impressive. And maybe like you just you can find the areas that you're really strong in and it's it's just fun to play around in different genres yeah. and different fields and yeah. figure out what you like and what your players like. Yep. Our sixth idea is use your ideas. Don't simply let them get dusty on your shelf. I yeah. mean, I, like both of us, we have a top 10, right, mm-hmm. that we're going to be sharing next. We've done it once before. We have a lot of ideas. Some of them we have incorporated some of them from last time I've totally forgotten about. Yeah. Uh, and so this is also kind of like advice to me. You yeah. stinking ideas. This is why I wrote this one down because yeah. this is one that I need to take the advice on for myself quite a bit. Like Now, it is harder for us sometimes and for people that do longer campaigns yeah, to longer get all of your lines. ideas in. You don't want to just throw in stuff because you right. came up with an idea. Like you want to also – it's also good to have those notes for, oh, I'm going to do this later campaign and have this in a later campaign. So you don't want to just use them frivolously. Right. However, there has been like nights where I've been like, man, I don't know what I want to do tonight. Like I'm just sitting here with like DMs block. <laughs> um, and I just like don't know what I want to do. That's a perfect time to go, oh, I have these lists of things, like these ideas that I've written down. And like we said, I want to shoot back to the take notes. Like when you get an idea, take it down. Yeah. Write it down. I think we mentioned that in the last creation inspiration. Yeah. But Wherever you are, don't let it slip by. Don't let yourself forget. Like, write down all your ideas you whenever you text it to yourself if you're yep. walking around or write it in your notes app. And then or make like a master sheet on your computer or your iPod or iPad or whatever the heck. The I is 
things you have. Right. Um, but the like eye, <laughs> the eyes things. But you know, write write the stuff down, and then when you're having that moment of DMs block, <laughs> um, you can go back to that and look it up and maybe be inspired and come up with something brilliant for that night instead of going. I guess we'll guess we'll fight wolves. Do I guess. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. like, so uh, that's that's one that I yeah you're like oh I need to take this advice me too it's yeah. something that we all yeah. I think as DMs need to realize um, use those ideas that you come up with don't just let them sit there like I'd like to in our future story times like be like oh like we fought a food mage this week or oh like in yours uh, we skied down a mountain on right, the back of a shield escape. or yeah, something yeah, yeah. like like we should be using these ideas in campaigns and we should be sharing them I think you need world. to share when you use the food <laughs> right? mage after, oh, all the, after all the feedback oh, we've gotten about the food mage it's not like we're gonna we're, we've been in the woods for like three weeks of right. the campaign it's not like you're gonna find a food mage out there he's just like <laughs> randomly like ah oh, spaghetti <laughs> just out in the woods in the, <laughs> <laughs> I wish the listeners could see your hands what you did with your hands ah oh, spaghetti just flailing them around um, but yeah those are those are six tips we would say when you're creating when you're being inspired remember these tips we think that they're really important to that process. Yes. All right, Chris, you ready for this top 10, the next top 10? I am. I'm ready to get some of my laughter out about two of All my right. ideas anyway. Chris, uh, why don't you start us off? All right. Our, these are our, our second top 10. If you haven't heard the first top 10, episode six, go, go back and go listen to way it. Way back, yeah. <laughs> way back. back. Way back when. Uh, go back and listen to that and then come back and listen to this. So pause right now and go back. Or don't. Okay, you're back. All, All right. right. <laughs> All right, Chris. Let's let's start off with number ten. Right. My number ten is just something you could do within a city. Just something fun. If there's like a festival going on, uh, I was thinking along the lines. I think I saw like a Knight's Tale or something like that on TV. It was as I was like flipping through the channels the other day. You could hold like a jousting event or yeah. something like that. Um, I thought that would be kind of fun to do. I don't know how it would work exactly, but that was just something that I had put some thought to. Probably. Just like a normal battle, I guess it would it would work. But it could be something you could have like a whole tournament set up around jousting. Like that could be the main sport of a city. That's that sweet. We've across. never done that before, and it's so like common in like medieval ish. Yeah, like, yeah. If you run a fantasy stories, world, like, but that's like you would think about sweet, it. You know? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So I might add that in there somewhere yeah. in the future. What's your number ten? Okay, so my last number ten was the food mage. It was the boss Gosh. battle. The food mage. I've got another boss battle for us. And this one... Are you going to try and outdo your own food mage? I don't think it outdoes the food <laughs> mage, but I think it would be freaking sweet. So, uh, you're going through a dungeon, or maybe you're just going through a town. There's a boss battle. What's the boss battle? It's a level 20 commoner. <laughs> if you go in the DMG... <laughs> you're looking prices. If you go in the DMG and you look up... Uh, NPC classes, you go to commoner, you bump him up to that level 20, you roll for health, and then boss battle. Level 20 commoner. He's wielding like a, a pitchfork, a shovel, like we talked I was, about. I was expecting a, something a little bit more epic. Oh, I, I love it. I think that's epic. <laughs> to say that your whole party I was think, killed by level 20 only, commoner? Yeah, I think the only thing that would make I've it, been farming my whole life! <laughs> yeah, right. I think the only thing that would make it like really fun is like people are expecting like when is he going to do something cool? Like, when is <laughs> when is this, like, massive spell going to come out of him or something like that? And it's just like, he's just like, oh, I'm just going to punch you the whole time. <laughs> I'm going to hit you with my shovel. <laughs> yeah, right. No, that'd be sweet. Like, it's for that moment where your players just think they're completely amazing. 
And they're like, oh, these stupid commoners can't fight. Well, this commoner is way more experienced he's than you are. BA. He's been I, he's been leveling up in commoner for a long time. I'm just gonna he's say he's killed so many of those chickens. They may be one XP, but he's worked himself up. He gets you into the position that he does with his chickens. <laughs> you're toast. You're toast. I'm just man. gonna say this. I'm glad that was your number ten and not your number one. I'm glad you didn't get like super excited. <laughs> okay. like, number one. Last time you you didn't believe in the food mage. Now I, let's. People are I gonna love it, the little twenty. I, now power. I love it. Yeah, they probably they probably will just to spite me. All right, what's your what's your number nine? All right, number nine. I did this for my last campaign. Create an enemy from a video game of some sort. Uh, I took the my brother realized it because we play this game together. But I, I the two main guys that we fought last time were creatures that I took from the game Dota two, and they were the life stealer uh, creature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that was fun for me to be able to, like. This is something that I've been playing a lot. It's fun for me to incorporate it into D&D. And it was also, we've kind of talked about this a little bit, uh, incorporating things that are like, people kind of know what it is. Uh, my brother, when I showed the picture, he was like, oh my gosh, I know what that is. <laughs> yeah, he said, and you're like, shut up. Dude. I'm like, dude, <laughs> shut up. Don't <laughs> ruin like, stuff. Player knowledge and character knowledge, don't say anything. Uh, but it, it was one of those things that was, was really fun for me to do, was to create something from like a video game that can be something that people realize or don't realize. It's something that can be really fun. Uh, Absolutely. So yeah. what about you? What's your number nine? My number nine, um, and I'm just starting to realize, and I, you were laughing about your list. My list has a lot of ridiculous stuff this time yeah. too, but I like them. They're sweet. Yeah. I don't know why was, we were both in just goofy moods and we wrote these top ten. All right, so I called my number nine Dropping the Rock. And so there's always that story, those stories about the awful dms that drop a rock on players and kill them oh like, yeah. yeah it's like okay obviously dm has a problem with me i am not condoning that at all maybe <laughs> in a sense i am for for plot purposes right but i will have a disclaimer at the end of this so i call it dropping the rock and it doesn't have to be dropping the rock it could be burning them alive in a house whatever it is but the point is you do it at the beginning of your adventure and the point is, we talked about on our episode on death and dying, like the different resurrection spells. Well, what if like somebody comes along, like a like you're on the an adventure or a quest for like the church or something, but they want they don't have a lot of money, like they they're dying church, like you know, like um, and so they they're gonna bring you back, but they're gonna do the cheapest way ever. <clears throat> they're going to reincarnate you into some other body, right? <laughs> so you have your you have your players create their characters, gnome, human, blah, blah, and then they're reincarnated all as something completely different because they uh. all die in one quest. Now, here's my disclaimer. Be careful. Don't everybody go and do this and then come back and yell at me that all your players hate you now because they spent right. time working on their characters some and they're people, pissed that you took their gnome and turned them into a troglodyte. Some people may spend hours creating yes. <laughs> their character, leveling them up to level 20 already yeah. before you come and play. You, so. have to, you have to have the right group for this. You have to have a group of players with a good sense of humor and fun. Uh, that are gonna you're gonna do this to them and they're gonna be like, dude, that's hilarious. Even it might even be good to like if you're planning on doing this, tell your players like, listen, work really hard on your players' characters and like make them really sweet and stuff. But I'm going to do something crazy so that will change your characters forever. So be prepared for right, it. Right. Um, like it might even be good just to mention something's gonna happen just so they don't hate you for life. Right. Um, however. I personally think that would be really interesting because then your whole entire group of players are being transformed into something 
that's not what they expected to be, and having to play that out and role play that would be hilarious. Yeah, that would be fun. All right, so what's your number eight? My number eight is have an invisible city that nobody can see. I have no idea what you mean by that. What do you mean an invisible city? <laughs> so here's, stick with me. If everything in the city is just like out in the <laughs> middle of nowhere, these people had something happen to them or something or whatever the background story could be to it, everything is invisible. The shovels, the animals, the houses, the people. Okay, all... so it's not just an invisible city that's like abandoned there are people and animals living it's, in it. it's not like a ghost town. it's literally like you can't see it like if you're walking past it you can't see <laughs> but it but everybody, everybody in it too everybody that lives invisible. in it that's e- like everything. native to the yes. city is everything invisible. is invisible and you have to be like invited to come and live here to be okay. able to see it two questions can you hear them yes okay so what what do people do with that they just freak out they just think they're going they nuts. just think they're going insane all yeah. right second question can you feel them yeah <laughs> yeah, you can feel it. So you just walk like into a a field and you hit into a building. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it'd be it'd be a really weird thing to no, have somewhere like tucked away in your it's world. It's actually I'm laughing and I'm like, okay, but that's really cool. <laughs> like yeah. such a weird it's like, like. It's almost like you don't come across this city and people are just like they don't they like aren't really paying attention or whatever because they see you. Yeah. But they don't know that you like can't see them or whatever mm-hmm. unless they've lived there for a long time and then you like just start bumping into random things and everybody's just like. Shh, <laughs> quiet, quiet, quiet. So they want to be invisible. So they want to be invisible. Yeah, yeah. They, and you have to have like special privileges to be invited to like the city or something like that. I don't know. It'd be something fun, kooky to do. I like it. Yeah. Invisible city filled with invisible people, invisible cows, chickens, and level twenty commoners. All right. <laughs> and invisible shovels. <laughs> and invisible food mages. Oh gosh! Stop throwing that thing in there. All right. <laughs> food number, mage. What's, what's yours? Hashtag food mage. All right. Uh, number eight for me is. Okay, I so I kind of took this from a video game too. Uh, in the Elder Scrolls, there's this one called, or the staff called the Wabajack staff. You ever? I don't think I've ever come across that. I know I've heard of it. It's completely ridiculous. It's a staff that just lets off a random effect. Oh. Um, so you can use it in battle, and it could kill your enemy outright. It could use a level one spell. It could turn your enemy twice as big. You have no <laughs> idea what it's gonna do. <laughs> I think, I don't know when you would do this in your campaign. You wouldn't want to do this in your campaign, like at the end, like where your characters actually care so much about two characters, but you could have either a Wabajack wand duel, where like the enemy and the like, and the good guys have Wabajack wands, or like it could just be a broken wand, like they are all broken wands, and so instead of like doing their actual attack, they're rolling on the spell failure chart. So, like, <laughs> just, like, random effect, random effect, random effect, and just see who wins. Yeah. Like, it's, like, it's like looking at, I know in 5e, there's, like, for the sorcerer, it has, like, the what happens if you fail. It's got, like, a list of, like, a hundred different things that could happen. It's, like, you just roll. It's, like, oh, you turn into a chicken. My uh, gosh, this episode, man, these top tens. Should we save this for April Fool's, man? Yeah, like, no these joke. are ridiculous. No joke. All right, so that was my idea, like, and I think partially I thought of that because I was inspired by the Wabajack, and spar- partially, that's just so fun to say, Wabajack. Um, Wabajack. But also because I love the spell failure. Yeah, it's, it's so fun. much fun. It's fun. Number seven, Chris, what's your uh, number seven? My number seven, I went along with the city theme again, and I said, what if... What if you create a visible city? How about that? Yeah, how about you create a visible city? <laughs> uh, what would happen if you created a city where, like, insane criminals just, like, were dumped off somewhere? And it was a padded city. 
A padded city? A padded city. What do you mean? Like, uh, like in jails, they have, like, the padded rooms for the people yeah. that, like... Like, they're just, it's just oh, a bunch of oh, people that you are, don't like... Mean in, ins- okay, when you said insane criminals, I guess I didn't key on, like, they're actually insane. No, they're, they're actually insane. Like, a penal colony. No, like, they're actually insane. That, they're literally insane. Literally insane, insane. yeah. Like, the DM a would roll for every city. single... Like, you come up to somebody and you have a list of, like, ten different things that could happen. And you just roll a dice and whatever happens, happens to you. And you just, like, the whole place is padded because they don't want people to, like, hurt themselves They had to make there. this padded city after the Invisible City because <laughs> a lot of people, went, lot of insane. people went insane. <laughs> They're right next to each other. Yeah. Just, like, yeah. the Invisible People messing with yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. So that's, yeah. Or maybe there's, like, yeah, I don't know how it would work. But a padded city. A padded city. That wasn't even one of them that I was laughing at. I don't know if I can move on from that. I don't even, this isn't even one that I was laughing at. Oh my god! Yeah. All right, what's your number seven? I don't know if I can move on from the padded city. I don't know how we beat that. How's that not your number one? A padded city. All right, my number one is um, kind of like an idea for either a, it could be a one-off, it could be a whole entire campaign. Your number one or your oh, number oh, seven? Oh, no, it's a oh, seven. I thought you said it could your be a one. one-off. Uh, yeah, it could be a one-off or like a whole entire campaign, whatever you want. But the idea of a fantasy noir type game okay. um, where uh, your characters are. Uh, maybe they're like they're working with the town guard or with the king or something, and they've got to go undercover to find drug dealers, gangsters, hmm. like murderers, like thieves. Like I, I think that would be really fun, especially like that the drug be. dealing kind of thing. To yeah, me, yeah. sparked my interest. Going undercover, and we cu- we did this a little bit once before. It was like super quick. One of the uh, one of our characters at one time, one of our players had to get. It was the underground fighting ring and like oh. to get like in contact figure you had to like replace people like mm-hmm. and just knock them out or something so to get contact you guys had to like befriend like certain shady characters right. one of them was a drug dealer and basically he's like are you a cop are you a town's guard if you're not then here take some of these drugs and one of our player characters like got hooked on this drug like oh. super <laughs> hardcore because of this but like those are like some sweet things that could happen in like a fantasy noir type game like yeah. i think there's like the games out like la noir and stuff that to me doesn't interest me like that's so boring i want to hit stuff in a video game i don't know search for clues but something like that as far as like a role-playing game really interesting to me mm. i think that'd be a lot of fun yeah getting inside the drug syndicate that would be that would be fun and like having to role play a good character that has to do bad things and like mm. the struggles of that yeah yeah especially if your guy's like a a lawful good character and he's mm-hmm. like I want to see justice done and all yeah. that and he's like man I gotta do all this crap now yeah. would he be able to yeah like, and that's like perfect opportunity for you as a DM to push people like oh yeah into like having them role play their character in uncomfortable territory yep, yep. Um, so six what's your number six Chris <clears throat> my number six is another really goofy one it was what if you're doing a dungeon crawl and you come upon this room I have it listed in here directionally challenged room Mm-hmm. where nobody knows what's going on and you come into this room and they have to plot their movement out like they have to say yeah they have to say like where they're going to move they have to tell you like all right I'm going to move towards this enemy and then you like roll a dice and it's like nope you're going to move in this direction so you roll like a a four-sided die or something like that and you say like all right if pe- people are going to move forward this round they're always going to be moving back or something like that mm-hmm. or if they move diagonally to the right they're going to be moving diagonally to the left or like so it's you just kind of figure out like before each round if they move this direction it's going to be the complete opposite it's going to be they're always going to be moving to the right like even for the enemies that are in this room you just have like it's just going to be this really weird 
like scattered battle until you can get close to each other. And then it's finally, it's like this weird like chess puzzle that's like mixed up and backwards and everything. I think it'd be kind of fun. Be a little weird. It'd get really <laughs> annoying if nobody could ever figure out the pattern. Yeah, right. Like, that would be annoying. <laughs> yeah. I'm that guy in games and puzzles, and I'm like, oh, gosh, yeah. I don't know what's yeah. going on here. Yeah. I yeah. love putting them as DM, but oh, I hate them as a player. So that's my number six. What's yours? So my number six is kind of something that I've already done in the past. It has to do with, you have to use a shape changer for it. Or whether that's a doppelganger, uh, whether that's a civic draconian, and that's the one that I used in my... Uh, previous campaign but basically the idea is some sort of shape changer uh you as a adventuring party you see them kill the king of a land and then you're the only witnesses to this you see them assume the form of the king and then they take over the the like kingship and put a huge bounty out on your head to kill you and you have to do some like yeah you have to like somehow get the word out that this is not the king. Did you did you see the G.I. Joe movie at all that they did that? I feel like they did that like with the president of the United States. They like killed him and then like the bad guy assumed his like identity and was secretly running the United States and like doing stuff in order so the bad guys could take over the world. Yeah, stuff. I don't know. I thought the I only saw the first G.I. Joe movie and I thought it was awful. <laughs> so yeah, you and your group could be uh, having to figure out like how do we turn this around? How do we get justice for the dead real king especially when the only people that know that the actual king is dead are us <laughs> and everybody else thinks that maybe he blame he's you know he's he's put some kind of like bounty on your head says that you guys right. are like did some evil and maybe he killed the queen too and he's blaming yeah. you well it's a pretty that. good defense too if you're not from that land he's just gonna be like what are you talking about exactly like how how do you know that i'm not the king you know like he's just <laughs> He's gonna he's gonna lie the whole time. Yeah, you know, it'll be it'll well, be easy it, for him. I, I don't even think like a smart character would even like pay any mind to it. He'd be like, they're crazy. Like, yeah. kill them. They're like, coming in don't... from out of nowhere. And if the king says these are dangerous men who have committed a they dangerous crime, the or king. they killed the queen, perhaps that's what will go off. Like, he's gonna say kill them on sight. Yeah. So yeah, you need to figure out some way, some rebellion, some way to like get in with some people that are like loyalists but that's so hard because the loyal people are, people are the one who are gonna right. probably be listening to right. the king anyway that's so, true yeah um, it's a difficult thing but i thought that'd be a really fun idea for a campaign i mean that's why i did it a while ago but <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i don't think i was a part of your campaign at the time i don't think you that. were a part of it back was. then yeah um, yeah yeah that was a good that was a good time a good uh plot hook to use so. yeah uh, what about your number five, Chris? Uh, my number five, I'm currently doing a campaign with dragons. Mm -hmm. And so this may be something you come up against in the future or you get to do, however you want to look at it. Dragon riding slash fighting from the back of a dragon. <laughs> Sweet. I think it'd be fun. As long as it's better than the awful Skyrim dragon riding. Yeah, they, where you can't really control yeah, it. You just fly was wherever. It's going to be so cool, and I looked forward to so much, and then it was yeah. garbage. Yeah, I I actually never downloaded that DLC for yeah. it. I think I was done the playing Skyrim. The DLC itself Skyrim. was pretty sweet. That was the Dragonborn the, one, right? Yeah, that what it, was? it was like, that was the big thing that I was looking forward to, and it's just, it's garbage. Yeah, I never, I didn't download it. I was like, I'm not going to spend 15 bucks or whatever it was on it, because I was like, I was done playing the game for mm -hmm. like five months at that time, and yeah. I was just like, eh, it's not worth it to me but that was my number five dragon yeah, riding slash fighting i have some pretty cool i might have some pretty cool mechanics cooked up for that for you guys 
if we do it in the future. That's always but, a memorable thing. You don't forget easily riding on the back of a dragon no. going into battle. No, that's true. That's true. So what about you, Mitch? What's your number five? All right, so my number five is Zombie Farm. So, it's not plants for zombies. <laughs> what I mean by that, <laughs> you remember we at one Come time... Come get your food! There's like one person just... Ah, you remember at one time we uh, fought in my campaign a horde of zombie sheep. Oh yeah, how could you I kind of I kind of took that idea and uh, what if a farmer like unleashed like a curse on his farm? What if he built like his farm on the fantasy world equivalent of an Indian burial ground, right? Huh. And so you keep the farmer as a human. That's what I would do. Yeah. And his whole entire, all of his livestock, like everything has just turned into like the undead and is trying to kill him and you. Maybe you stay there overnight. You're like, ah, Could nice be. little farm. Can't afford the end. Let's stop there. And that's when it happens. And you're going to have to fight zombie cows and zombie bulls and zombie sheep. And oh my gosh, zombie chickens. <laughs> that's It's funny that you should mention a zombie farm because I have something, not zombie farm, but I have something related to that sort of, like with animals in <laughs> okay. one of my ones further up the list. But I'll save that. Yeah, it's not, so it's not my next one. I think that'd that be a fun. a fun, hilarious night. That would be oh, weird. Dear. Yeah, it's pretty memorable. A zombie farm. I thought you meant like somebody's raising, raising zombies. Cr- like, that too. It's like a necromancer <laughs> that's who's a good, like, yeah. That's my number four now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah just like zombie hurting zombies. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, that'd be so We're weird. taking you out to graze yeah. in town. Yeah, right? <laughs> Come get your dinner, you fat lord. Come get your dinner. It's like some like crazy little like yeah. person running oh, around inside of the pen. Ugh. All right, what's your number four, Chris? My number four. So we've had this a couple of times, Mitch, where somebody won't be able to be here for our campaign night, right? And we've always come up with, like, these weird ideas. Like, one time you had my character, like, he blew up like a balloon. And then other times we're just like, eh, they're off doing their own thing or whatever. Yeah. But if you know, like, weeks ahead of time where you could plan this out, there's something fun that I thought of that you could do. And this is one that I was laughing about because it's kind of funny and punny at the same time. <laughs> On a week where somebody cannot make it, create, like, a kidnapping story of that character that has been kidnapped by a family within the city named the Skippers. What? Because <laughs> they're skipping the night of campaign. Oh, the family's name is the Skippers. Ah, oh, I don't know. It'd uh, just be kind of fun. Kind of fun. <laughs> it's really oh stupid. That's so that's stupid. Really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, the Skippers. Yeah, you know it's funny. Like Goldilocks and you were gonna build up a whole with it. <laughs> a whole night around that for that one joke. Yeah, man. Let me sweet. Oh, gosh. Let me sweet. Oh, man. Well, now I'm expecting to see the skippers yeah, sometime yeah. in some campaign. So, Mitch, what is your number four on your top ten? My number four is basically as a plot point, you can have a fort that your adventurers need to attack uh, for whatever reason. Like, there's a powerful wizard inside, uh, and that's what, that's, what the, that's what the rumor has been. There's a powerful wizard inside. Right. We all know how much right. I love wizards. And so when you guys get to this fort, you notice something weird about this fort. Uh, This fort is being guarded by tons of creatures. For example, this fort is being guarded by a cloud giant, uh, by a bugbear, by a goblin, like all this weird... Right. uh, By uh, an ogre mage, a harpy, by a frost giant, by an iron golem, by even like a red dragon. These things are just, like, patrolling, close-quarter patrol, just, like, walking around right. this fort. And so your characters have to figure out, well, what am I going to do? Like, 
we've got bugbears, we've got red dragons, we've got frost giants, they're all patrolling this fort, and the plot twist is that this is not a fort that's guarded by anything except for there's a, it can be either a, a powerful wizard or it can just be like a regular dude who's just like <laughs> trying to hide out for whatever reason. Right. Maybe he's like a criminal, but he got his hands on a deck of illusion, which <laughs> if you don't know, is just a deck of cards that you throw down a card and it, it each card, whatever card you flip up, you don't know before you draw what you're throwing down turns into a specific monster, right. some of which which I already mentioned, and so they can move within 30 feet and they just stay there until the cards are picked up, at which point they're dispelled. So uh, right. your characters, your adventurers are going to be trying to figure out how to get around a red dragon, a frost giant, bugbears, blah, blah, blah. Without like, being seen. Without being seen when they're just illusions. Right, they're and not going to do anything to you. This guy anyways. is hiding inside thinking nobody's going to attack this place when there's a red dragon standing right, out in front right. of it so hmm. um I, I thought that would be a pretty hilarious use of a uh, really cool object to uh, make your characters have to think out of the box only to realize that there's nothing dangerous right there. so top three chris start us off with your number three uh i thought this would just be kind of a fun event it, it, you could make it as bad as you want or you could make it as fun as you want um you have somebody who's like the town vet that they, you know, the town has been bringing sick animals or cows or sheep or chickens or whatever, you know, house cat, a dog, whatever you want <laughs> to bring into this place to get better. And secretly the whole time, this vet has been putting a spell on all of the animals so that they're trained to when they hear a whistle, they all just start going insane for that short little period of time. And they could either, like, it could be as bad as you want. Like, they could literally attack all of their owners and try to kill them. Or they could oh, just, God. like... Try to, they could just like run away, or it's just, it could be like as trickster as you want, or it could be like as evil or maniacal as you want. So, how do you find this? You only, your characters only find this out when all of a sudden one day all the animals start going crazy. Yeah. yeah. And they have to figure out why. Yeah. Yeah. And you just like, but the, it's like the something funny that would, thing is that the answer would be, oh, there's a vet in town. Let's ask the vet, see if they can make it better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, It'd be gosh. weird. I don't know. It'd I be like fun. it. I like It'd be it. Fun. This is what, our, what, uh, this, this is our list here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is what is your my number three? three? I've entitled riding the tank. Uh, you ever like play a video game and you get to that level where your small character that you adventure with or that you have in an RPG gets to climb like on the back of like a troll mm -hmm. or like a giant and yeah. like control them. What if you put that like in your game, like for certain parts, maybe there's a suit of, in my world, we, the dwarves have created golem armor. Right. So it's right. like, it's a, a golem, but you can get inside of it right. and battle with it. Right. Uh, what if you get on top of a stone giant and fight from a stone giant? And basically you could, you could tell the players that they could pull up the stats for the stone giant and they could fight with the stone giant, right. knocking down orcs. And you could even let them like shoot bows from the top of uh, the stone giant as they're attacking. Right. Right. Uh, but just, it'd be a sweet. Now, of course you want to make this not throughout the whole campaign. Right. Like you make it like We're this specific event. Yeah, right? oh, we've, we've, uh, I rolled a nat 20 for my diplomacy. He's going <laughs> to stick with us the whole time. Uh, but so yeah, you could, uh, it'd be a sweet moment of just, Walking around with a stone giant, and I'm gonna step on that orc. Oh, right. he's dead! Like swing my swing my great club, like crush all of them. Like I feel like that would be a really fun time for your right. players that to ride really on the back of stone giants, or or ride in golem armor. Right, right. That'd be really cool. <laughs> your number two, Chris. What's uh, your number two? My number two 
is what if you were to do, and I kind of got this idea from World of Warcraft a little bit with their like hot air balloons and like gnome inventions, but what if you're in like a fantasy world, but it's a little bit futuristic and you have a navy seal type group of gnomes that are called in to do reconnaissance work and you guys somehow get hooked up with them and you have to parachute out of a really large ship or balloon or something like that out of the sky to recover some sort of item or take out some sort of bad wizard or something like that in a fort. <laughs> and you have to like parachute out and you have to come up with all these mechanics of how to parachute and land and stuff like that. That'd but be pretty sweet. I, think <laughs> I feel like that. And then you could like land on the ground and jump on the back of stone giants and attack. A bunch and you're of really ones. trying to kill a food mage, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that sounds sweet. Yeah. I, think I don't fun. know how the mechanics of that would work. I but, have no idea. Um, yeah. I have, didn't put that much time into it. Have like, added, sweet idea. Man. Yeah. So. Par- parachuting gnomes yeah, out of man. out of where are they jumping out of? Some sort like of airship or, or something. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. What about uh what about your number two? All right, well I'm gonna pull out the doppelganger again. So what if you play in a campaign and there's a there's a doppelganger. But you right. guys don't know he's a doppelganger. But he knows who you guys are. And duh, he knows he's a doppelganger. Right, obviously. And I think it works best if this character is a character from the beginning of the campaign that your characters are close with they're like right. they're like buddies with this guy just be like a player character then no definitely not it's an npc it's got to be an npc right um but this this doppelganger is going out into like the city or like wherever you guys are and assuming the form of a person from the group and like <laughs> he'll do it like he'll choose like a different person each time he goes out but he's committing crimes he could in fact be insane and be a serial killer and right. so you all of a sudden are framed for crimes that you didn't commit, but it was you that was right. committing them in a sense. And so there's posters being put out for you guys. Maybe some wizards have scryed the fact that it was you and they use it in almost a videotape, caught on videotape, like kind of right. scene. And they're like, it was you. And you get you see this and you're like, that's not me. <laughs> like right. Maybe your characters start thinking, well, we, we're going crazy. like. But really, it's like this one guy who, like, you'll go to tell him, maybe the bartender that you guys know pretty well, and you're like, ah, Rob, <laughs> Rob. it wasn't <laughs> us, man. Like, can you hide us in your basement? Like, you know, but, like, I think it'd be a, a great time of trying to figure out what is going on now. Like, some, you, obviously, in a fantasy world, I feel like eventually your characters, your players are going to figure out, all right, this thing, whatever this is, assuming our form, Right. Um, it's probably a shape changer. But then you got the whole, okay, but who is the shape right. changer? If they can shape How change. do we find yeah. him? Yeah. Um, and I think that would be a really interesting I think that would um, be interesting. Story to figure out. Yeah. I'm just wondering how we wouldn't just get arrested on the spot. You gotta how go you into would, hiding. Yeah, I guess. We'd just all have like to be the like doppelganger like that. that turns into the king. Gotta yeah. go into hiding, Yeah, man. that's true. Yeah, that's your third doppelganger in two top ten lists. I like the doppelgangers. You had the village of doppelgangers last yeah. time. Yeah. Doppelgangers I think it'd be, I think that'd be fun. Great, uh, great use uh, for creating different kind of story points. Yeah. All right, and finally, last but not least, certainly number one. So I think we were were we watching Home Alone here the other day. Is that when we were watching it? Or yeah, where, it was on TV. Yep. Was it on TV when we were here? I think we just got done watching The Walking Dead, and it was on. Right? Is that when it was, or was it before? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. So I we were watching Home Alone two, and they had this sticky 
hand bandit or the sticky bandits. The sticky right? bandits, yep. <laughs> so I was thinking through, I was like, man, that'd be really cool to throw into a D&D world, the sticky bandits. But I was like, wait a minute, what would be even better? What if you did the mage hand bandits? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> this is your number one. <laughs> this is my number one. Uh, this is the one I was laughing about the whole time. I was like, this would be so cool. You just have like somebody who can All right, cap- tell me about these mage hand bandits. You have a group of guys that go Dare around who, who are just like they're a part of a thieves guild or whatever you want to call them, whatever they're a part of. And they just, they're, they've become so good at stealing like money from people's pockets <laughs> and from like where they see money like on somebody's counter in their house or like reaching through their windows with mage hand and taking the money off of their like counters in their houses and stuff like that. And you have to figure out cause there's no tracks in the house. I mean, they can't, they can't put anything on anybody. <laughs> Sounds like it fits well into the uh, fantasy noir campaign. <laughs> the what? The fantasy noir oh, campaign. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think that'd be fun. The mage hand bandits. We're the sticky bandits. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. oh boy. That was my number one. Nice. Oh, that was fun. What was yours? Uh, my number one is uh, a story of misfits. I've always really, really wanted to do this. Is Rudolph so, there? So, no. <laughs> uh, so basically, the idea behind this is that you already have played a campaign. And you've played a good campaign. Good aligned campaign where your players' characters have run around and killed a bunch of like bad guys. Mm-hmm. But you're going to redo that campaign... Only you're going to redo it as different characters. Okay. And these characters are going to be evil races, but they're just misunderstood dudes. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you, like, you gobble, like, your characters are a goblin, a gnoll, whatever they are, and they're always caught up in that quest that your other player characters were from the other campaign. And they're just like, why are these guys following us and trying to kill us every time? And so you basically take the good guys from the previous campaign, make them into the bad guys, and like you can just make it like a pretty short campaign, just right. like where it's like these poor like this poor gnoll and goblin and orc, they just want to be left alone. Right. And these group of adventurers keep coming and killing their families right. and driving them out of town. I see an orc, we must kill it. <laughs> He's like just like walking along. He's like, I just gotta get home, man. I feel like I've always really wanted to do that. Like we've told I think we told the story during story time about how one of our characters in a long time ago campaign yeah, uh, went into Goblin Town. Just oh, burnt yeah, it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I just imagine like that group of misfits like getting to that town, just being like, "Oh my gosh!" Like we just got away from these adventurers. Like I, I could tell you stories about them all day. Oh my gosh, they're here! They're burning down the <laughs> town. What do we do? Like and just having to like get away from them like right. all the time. Right. You throw like you can throw like some soldiers that help the good guys out, so that's who they actually have to kill and get right. past. But. It's right. just like, you guys just want to live in peace, right. and these adventuring jerks will not <laughs> leave you be. They come into your towns, they destroy your towns, they take all of your well-earned money, they kill your com- your buddies, your your best friends, your family members, um, and I don't, I, I don't know how you end that campaign, but I guess you can do alternative reality where you finally just kill them, and like, you're just yeah. like, oh my gosh, thank God they're dead. Or you just finally end up dying or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that would be a really funny twist, and I think that would it would be fun for your players 
to fight their well, right. previous be, characters them, like, and see them as like evil characters playing yeah, yeah, yeah playing and and i feel like each player could like be like at odds with their their right. previous character right. the most like man that guy is so messed up right. and evil right. <laughs> like and twist the things that he did like to make them well, that's what to say you could take like character flaws or whatever mm. you want to call it and just like exaggerate them or yep. something like that as them being the bad that that now. sweet moment that you like remember where like your character from the previous campaign like critted that goblin ripped his face off and then or his heart out in that campaign it was like oh that was sweet in this campaign it's like oh my gosh he's a monster Billy's heart he was only 12 years (laughs) old like it just you just made them into just total monsters like just total just that shift in perspective (laughs) like the evil races are not really evil they just want to be like right they're (laughs) just misunderstood totally misunderstood (laughs) or at least this group of adventures (laughs) that's my number one that's something i've always really wanted to do honestly yeah i feel like that would have to be like i mean it couldn't be i would i would get sick of it if that was like a you wouldn't want to be too long you could like you could easily in one night like jump around you don't need to tell a whole entire story jump to events yep i think that would be the best way to do it it's clearly a campaign that's based off of having a good laugh right and seeing like another campaign reliving another campaign from a different point of view that makes it humorous a satirical telling of of an old beloved campaign an old beloved story right Um, and just just giving your players that chance to lovingly hate on their old characters <laughs> would I think be that'd a great be fun. thing. I think that would um, be good. So we hope that you've enjoyed both our tips and our advice from the beginning of the meet, and we hope that uh, you really enjoyed our goofy list of. It was very top goofy. 10. It was very. I don't know why we both were on the like same page of so many of them. Were, some of them were really sweet. Not, I think they were all really sweet, but yeah. they were all there were a ton of just really I, ridiculous. I think goofy last time stuff. we had like I think we both had a lot of like serious ones. Yeah, we had a couple like I mean there was the food mage. So yeah, well that's <laughs> but that was your number ten. Yeah, I think all the rest of them were fairly serious. Uh, and stuff like that. Yeah, but, I don't know. It's weird that we were both on the same page with coming with goofy. I I'm think I'm sitting here like with my top ten. I'm like man, there are a lot of goofy ones. Like. Chris is going to be like, what the heck is all the goofy Yeah, right. And I'm sitting here going, Chris, you got a lot of goofy ones. <laughs> yeah, right. Just, uh, but it was fun. It was, yeah, good. it was good. Sometimes, like, D&D, like, let's be honest. Like, the best times in D&D are when you're just, like, sitting at the table with your buddies and you're just cracking up at oh, stuff yeah. that you're doing. Yeah. Like, funny times in D&D can be the best times. can yeah. be the most memorable Some times. Some of the most memorable. So just embrace yeah. it. You yeah. know, it's, it's good stuff. Yep. All right, well, let's move on to our light bulb. So, Chris, one of our tips during this episode was to take notes, refer back to your notes, look at your notes. And I, uh, we were playing in your campaign the other week, and that's something that I've always done is take notes. And I noticed when I went for a drink, I saw behind your DM screen, I wasn't like looking or anything. And that's why your but, character died. But I, yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but that I noticed that you were on a program that I was very familiar with. But you were using it for D and D, which right. is something I never thought of. Right. And I realized, I said, Chris, that's brilliant. Yeah. Like, so why don't you tell us what you what you're using, what program you're using, because it's free, which is great. Yep. And how yep. it's helping. So you. I I had used this program for a lot of other things. I used it a couple of years when I was in college, like just for taking notes during class, just for easy access. Like, I used to have an iPad. I don't anymore. I'm hoping to get another one because it would be really <laughs> nice, like, to use this program on there. But I've been. What using, happened to your iPad? 
uh, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> no, it. I was I I had set it on top of a car, a friend of mine's car, and I was like, I'll be right back. And I ran back inside and came back out, and the car was gone. And I was like, Are you kid? Like, are you kidding me? It was like a month after my warranty, the one year warranty. Gosh. And I, I I was I went down to the end of the driveway of the church I was at, and there it was. Or no, you went down and found yeah, it. Didn't you? I found yeah, it. Yeah, you went down and found I it. I came up with it in my hand. I'm like, uh, you're probably not going to yeah, use this anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was trash. It yeah. was like bits of glass. Like up. I think one of the corners was like missing yeah. and stuff. I was just like, this sucks. But so I haven't really used it a lot since then. But I that's was, a cooler. That's a cooler story than my how my tablet broke. I dropped it two feet from a chair and yeah, it smashed. And it smashed on the leg. <laughs> yeah. But so I I had been using this program called Evernote uh, throughout all of like my first couple of years in college and when I was when I didn't have my iPad, I kind of stopped using it because I was like I can just I can do all of this stuff yeah. on my computer, you know, like in in like Word documents and stuff. But it always seemed kind of like clunky to me doing it that way and i was reading on reddit uh probably like two months ago or something like that somebody was talking about hey i'm a new dm or whatever what can i use like how, what do you guys use to keep track of your notes and stuff like that and uh somebody had said like one note and i was like i don't really know much about one note but i do know about evernote like I'll, like a lot of people were saying one note use one note use one note and I think that's like Microsoft's version of Evernote or something like that. But I was like, no, I know Evernote. I'm going to use Evernote. And it's really cool because you can create like your own your own notebooks. And within those notebooks, you create separate sheets that are like different notes in within that notebook. And I have I have five different ones uh, for or four different ones. Sorry, right now uh, it's probably going to be expanding. But I have one that's like a bestiary for like random creatures that I create. Uh, I have campaign notes which are notes that I take throughout the night just random things just type it in there real quick the campaign setting which is like the the outline of the night stuff like that and then I also have a PC section like a player character section and that also has my NPCs in there because I was just like I don't need an extra notebook for that but it has all of your stats all of like your main stats and stuff like that in there so that I can keep track of when you level up I know about mm -hmm. what you're at stuff like that and it's been really helpful because I I haven't done this yet but I think you can share documents with other people um, and so if somebody's ever interested, yep, can. yeah. And I'm, it's like, if anybody's ever interested in knowing like, what creature did you just make? Can I see that or something like that? I can share that with them real quick and they can look at it, you know, uh, probably wouldn't do that in the middle of a battle, obviously. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can do tons of fun stuff like that. And it syncs to like whatever computer or tablet you're working on that you have your Evernote signed up to. Yeah. So it's really cool if you're working on your laptop and you're like, well, I can't, I'm not going to yeah, bring my laptop in a car and have my iPod, iPod, my iPod or, or, or iPhone is, yeah. or iPad or whatever, and you can just keep Android, going on there, you know? Maybe Android. Whatever, yeah, whatever you want to use. It's just, it's been a really good way for me to, to keep track. And I used it for one campaign, but I've been doing a lot on it the past yeah, couple of weeks really, about it, um, so. I really, I saw that and I was like, that's brilliant. I want to use that. I Like, I use Evernote for um, other things, just taking notes on other things, uh, and but I I saw that and I was like man I want to use that uh, I haven't gotten started on it yet because it's a very daunting task for me I'm like because you got know, a lot of stuff yeah on there. I'm like I don't even know where to start yeah. <laughs> like what do I start with yeah. but uh, yeah it is really smart and I'll probably start using it next campaign yeah I don't know if I'll start with this campaign but it's it's a brilliant it's a brilliant program it's a it's a brilliant idea of how to use the program uh, a program that's not made for Dungeons and Dragons that right. But can, can be very be easily utilized yeah. for yep. it, yeah. Easy search functions like, yep, folders. It's a great idea. Yep. And it's got a sweet picture of an elephant. So yeah, that's pretty cool That's too. pretty sweet, yeah.
light bulb. So that's our episode for tonight. We hope that you enjoyed it. Now you can go uh, and you can fight food mages and level 20 commoners <laughs> in your dungeon, um, as well as going undercover with a crime organization and finding the mage hand bandits and taking <laughs> them down because they've been stealing stuff all over this place. So, <laughs> so uh, Chris, uh, why don't you tell the listeners where they can reach us in case they want to tell us how they've used our brilliant ideas. Yeah, so yeah. we'd love to hear uh, You can email us at dungeonmasterblock at gmail.com. Uh, I, I do a lot of the emails, and I love every single week getting all of the emails from you. Uh, I've had a lot of interaction with a lot of you, and it's been a ton of fun uh, getting, to, getting to answer some of those emails back. And you can also, if you find it in the kindness of your heart, to go on iTunes, you can subscribe to us there and also leave us a five-star review that would be great with some words of encouragement some thanks whatever you want to do uh, and then we're also on stitcher now uh, somebody asked a couple weeks ago if we were on stitcher and we went and did it so yep. we're awesome yeah, like that yeah so mitch what else Where uh, else you can us? also follow us on twitter at, at dms underscore block that's at dms block we throw up lots of good twits as i like to call them I hate that. um well Tweets. you can either call it tweeter um, but so, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we, uh, we have some good stuff on there. Uh, we let you know, uh, when we're recording, when an episode, uh, comes out. And if you don't know, they, they hit the website a little bit quicker than they do iTunes and yep. Stitcher. So if you want to hear, listen to it right away, we'll let you know with our, with our Twitter account. So Twitter check it out. Um, follow us there. Um, also like our Facebook page and, uh, give us some love and comments on Facebook, uh, we need it on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else seems to be doing great. It's yeah, just the it's Facebook. 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 Like you dying. said, it's it's a die it's yeah, a dying thing, but is. it's turning but it's hey, we're not on MySpace. Maybe we should go back to MySpace. Maybe we should get Zangas again. <laughs> what is that? You don't remember Zangas? No, moving on. So uh we hope that you enjoyed Zangas. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we focus on the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game. The only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of all the other people at the table. Good night, everyone. Keep on dungeon mastering. Goodbye.